Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hsc.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. Now, among the many disruptions to life that that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused is the changes to funerals and funeral rituals. And obviously, you can't have the big numbers you often get um, at Limerick funerals and open caskets too are an issue and all very much ingrained in Irish culture. uh, But the official guidelines mean that because of COVID-19, they can't take place at uh, the moment. And we're joined now by a good friend of the Limerick Today show, clinical psychologist Judy Maloney and Professor Salvador Ryan, who's Professor of Ecclesiastical History at St. Patrick's College in Maynooth. And uh, you're both uh, welcome. Good morning uh, to you. Um, Good morning, Joe. Thank you. Professor, the the way that uh, we mark uh, someone's passing in Ireland today and the rituals around it, do they go back a long way or are, have they shifted a lot over the centuries? Um, well, I, 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 I certainly think the, 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 the way we, we mark funerals, there, there are an awful lot of traditions there that you actually find, um, for instance, even in, in, in Irish folklore. Uh, I remember looking at, for instance, the folklore collection that was uh, collected in the 1930s here in Ireland, and they talk about some of these traditions that are still observed to this day in some parts of rural Ireland. For instance, even, you know, drawing the curtains on a, on a house of a funeral is passing, all of that sort of thing that, that are traced back even to the, even to the 19th century. Um, but, of course, I mean, a lot of the, the, the rituals that we observe they, I mean, they have been around for quite some time, many of them going back to the 19th century. But in many countries in Europe where they had a similar uh, way of mourning their death, uh, their dead, it, it has died out, to excuse the yeah. pun, um, those rituals, yeah. but not here. No, I mean, it's, it's one of the things that's, that's quite surprising in one way. For instance, if you take the, the fall off of, of, of church attendance in, in, in so many areas and, and people... Um, Perhaps not not as tied to organised religion as they as they once were. One of the most resilient things uh, in our society, I think, still are these are these rituals uh, surrounding death and uh, wakes and uh, and removals. And one of the the reasons for that, I think, is because these rituals work. Uh, we we haven't jettisoned them because they actually they they are still relevant. Uh, if you if you take it. You know, people who mightn't go to church mass or meeting, but they will be at every funeral they need to be at. If, if, if it's, you know, even if they don't know the person, but if they're a relative of a friend of theirs, they'll turn up, whether it be to the removal the night before, whether it be going to the house for the wake, or whether it be turning up at the funeral, the funeral service the following day. Um, and maybe it's something about our, uh, uh, the fact that we were very much a kin society here. Kinship is hugely important to us. And those values still uh, still remain to this day. Yeah, Judy Maloney, what is your view of the emotional impact uh, that uh, this is all having um, at the moment on people who are not able to 
uh, lay their close relative, in some cases their their husband, their wife, their mother, their father, to rest in the way that they would normally wish to do so? Well, Joe, it's having a really traumatic impact, to be honest, because, you know, like, we do celebrate in a way, like, that's what we do. We celebrate death. You know, that's what the coming together is. It's supporting each other. And you know, like, how many funerals have you been to where the amount of people that gather round, they bring food for days on end, for weeks on end even. You know, there's a constant support there. There's always people around. And really, if anything, tradition brings us great comfort. You know, we know what to expect with an Irish funeral, if nothing else. We know what's going to happen. You know, it's a real... Whether it's community or family, there's a lot of people that, that rallies around and we get support from. And that really journeys us through that period of time when, when we're grieving, that acute stage where we've lost somebody and we're trying to, I suppose, process that. You know, we're carried by people. That's what actually happens. Mm-hmm. We're carried through that stage. And I know at times it is difficult when that stage kind of ends and people go back to their normal lives and then suddenly you're, you know, you have to kind of get on with your own day-to-day and process it. But we're we're kind of, not unfairly, because obviously that's, that's the way it is. You know, we have to be safe. We have to abide by these regulations, of course. But in a way, you might feel robbed of this part of it. You know, so if you've lost somebody, you're dealing with the anger, the loss, the shock, the trauma but you don't have people around to support you. So that's really, really difficult. Is it also true, Judy, that by the time we get to um, the masses of celebration of people's lives, for example, that we're hearing about now um, as an alternative to what can happen at the point that they die, that people will be in a different emotional place and it will have a different impact? Completely, completely. So I like... If you were, if if we all knew, okay, this is going to the restrictions will be lifted in three weeks, two weeks, or a month, whatever it is. If we knew there was a time on it, you could plan to an extent. You know, you could say, okay, well, do you know what? In August, I'm going to have a service or whatever. But because things are so uncertain, we don't know how long this will really go on for in terms of big gatherings. So if you're talking six months or a year down the line before you can do something like this, I mean, it's very hard to imagine going through all of that yet your loved one has already passed away for that length of time so you're in a completely different stage and like I think for the moment if people can hold hope that they'll have some sort of a service you know so hold out that hope yet still try and not hang on to it either if that makes sense because if you do and you you go through this ceremony a year later like to be honest that can open up a lot of old rooms as well and you really mightn't fit where you're at at that time so it's really really we're in completely new territory Joe like none of us have ever experienced this before so I don't think we're going to know the emotional impact or fallout for a very long time yet to be honest yeah, we're chatting to clinical psychologist Judy Maloney and Professor Salvador Ryan yeah. uh, from St. Patrick College in Maynooth. I mean, that would be very interesting, won't it, Salvador, if at a certain point in the future, when some sort of normality returns, people decide not to do what they might think right now they want to? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Judy is absolutely right in what, what, what uh, Judy has just said there. I mean, the, the, the Irish funeral and the whole ritual surrounding it, I mean, it is essentially a multisensorial experience. I mean, if you, I mean, even, it's, it's the things that we actually even take for granted. I mean, imagine you're going to, to a house in rural Ireland down a small little four-in of a road or whatever, 
that there's no one on usually. And you arrive there to that house on this particular dark evening. I mean, the first thing you'll, you'll, you'll be met with is neighbours in high-vis jackets with torches, bringing cars and helping them park or whatever. This is something totally out of the ordinary. You won't be able to park beside the house. You'll get out. You'll have to walk a distance to the house. And even in that very walking, it allows you to gather your thoughts. It's, it's almost like a mini pilgrimage, a sort of a mourner's Camino, as you make your way towards the house. And there's all of these things that sort of take you out of your normal space. I mean, anthropologists talk about uh, this whole concept of liminality, if you like, in liminal space, which you're, you're in a space of betwixt and between the normal order of things is suspended. And that's what the funeral ritual is about, because you're brought into this whole whole world that, that as, as Judy said, it, it carries you through. You have all of these rituals. You go into the room, for instance, uh, 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 eventually, and you're 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 faced with the person who is in the coffin, and you instinctively do a number of things. I mean, obviously, you shake you you shake people's hands. It's uh, sorry for your troubles, sorry for your troubles, and that sort of that that mantra is reinforcing the reality of you know they're gone, they're gone. That that that, that person is gone. Then you go and you you might sprinkle you know, a holy water with a little spray gun on the person, you instinctively do it because everyone else is doing it. You might make the sign of the cross on their forehead. And in even doing that, you feel the, the, the coldness of their, their brow. You, again, it's at, a, at another level, it's reinforcing that message that uh, this person has gone. So, I mean, at a whole number of different levels, this message is being reinforced, but it's being reinforced communally if you like. Um, and that's something that you can't really get in, in, in a virtual experience. Um, but, but to answer the question, whether, whether in a few months' time um, you'll want to... I mean, you can't recreate that. You, I mean, it will be a very different ceremony. But historically, if you look back, um, the, I mean, some of the scars that are left with this, for instance, even from the, the, the famine period, I mean, it's something deeply ingrained within us. We hate to see funerals where there are only, uh, you know, a couple of people present. Our hearts go out. It, it just goes against the grain for us. And maybe it is, again, some sort of a hangover from the famine where, where you know, you had people who were buried in mass graves very, very quickly. They didn't get a good send-off. You know, what needed to be done wasn't done um, in a time of deep crisis. Um, and that really cuts to to our hearts as a, as an Irish people. I think I think there's something very deeply ingrained in us about that. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we could only really touch on it this morning because it is so deep and it is so challenging for people at the moment in uh, the midst of everything else that's happening with COVID-19. But uh, we hope we've uh, given people a chance to explore it for themselves, those who uh, may be facing it, um, some people who might be coming out the other um, side of it um, in terms of the actual funeral rather than the huge emotional burden that they'll carry with them for uh, many, many months and years to come. Uh, thanks very much for talking to us this morning, Professor Salvador Ryan, who's Professor of Ecclesiastical History at St. Patrick's College in Maynooth and clinical psychologist Judy Maloney. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.